Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Fantastic. How are our levels over there? Our levels look good. Look good. You ready uh, to record actually, another? Actually, they're a little, they're a little skinny. A little low. Yeah. Well, I don't want to raise the gain anymore. It'll make us. Uh, it'll make it distorted. We we'll okay. just have to raise it in post. Yeah, we're distorted enough. I feel like I'm a lot closer to the mic. But I don't know that that matters because you're more looking directly into the center of it. And, and you're I'm kind, kind of, of coming from the side. Yeah. 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 That could have something to do with our echo. You, you said the last couple of episodes have had echo they, problems. Yeah, they've had some kind of... Uh, I, I, I did not appreciate the sound. I think it's had. because I have this huge... 37 inch monitor in front of my face that could be it it's like an echo chamber one more thing for the sound to bounce off of yeah maybe i should put a sponge over it or something yeah towel you have a sponge handy no uh, i could use your toupee ill-equipped put your toupee on it if i had one i'd let you use it that f- uh, feather boa you have around or your neck if i had one of those i'd let you use it to go with your macho man randy savage sleeveless t-shirt you have on <laughs> Give me a oh yeah, and that, and that uh, really, really gets you chuckling over there, doesn't it? You remember those glasses he used to wear? Oh yeah, that, that were just uh, like plastic uh, rails, yeah, right. lines, like the eighties. Yeah, did you did have you a pair? I had a pair of those the, the beach. Yeah, no, I never had some. I had a pair. I didn't. I think I bought them. Or got them as a gag gift or something, but I never wore them. They didn't work to block the sun. <laughs> it was just plastic rows. Well, uh, from a fairly young age, I took my sunglasses very seriously. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Revo's That's why you have when, such good eye, eyesight now. When Revo's came out, yeah, I had a pair of Revo's. I don't know what a Revo is. Revo, it's a, now they're owned by Oakley. Oh, okay. But um, friend has a dog named Oakley. Oh, how about that? <laughs> but they—they actually—they uh, were the company that did the tinting on astronaut shields. Wow! That was their claim to fame. And that's why you bought them. They had like three, four layers of different chemicals they would put on the outside of the glass mm. in order to make it. Uh, completely UV resistant. So would you just uh, grab a shirt tail, a sandy shirt tail to wipe them off? They were the ones that had like the different colored lenses. Like some were like pinkish color, some were blue. Okay. They're mirrored looking. Did you have... uh, And they say that that was a natural occurrence from the chemicals they put on there. It wasn't like by design. They weren't trying to get them to be blue or pink or whatever. It was just... Sounds like a marketing ploy. I don't know. Uh, I did, when I was a kid, uh, maybe preteen or maybe young teenager, I was very much into the outdoors and fishing and camping and stuff. And Not like today? I mean, I still enjoy that, but man, I was gung-ho. Like oh. I was leaving the house at 7 in the morning and wouldn't come home till 5. Yeah. Now I don't leave the house for four <laughs> days at a time. <laughs> but... But, yeah, COVID or no COVID, I'm at home. If, if there's nothing to be done, I'm at home. Uh, but I had these, I think they were made by L.L. Bean, or maybe I ordered them out of the Cabela's or something. But they had, like, I remember I was so excited because I got them for Christmas. They had different uh, ear 
ends that you you could pull them out right and like one would be you know kind of just bent right one would have like a wire in it that would hook around your uh your ear right you know so you could have different things there then it had the little leather sides on the oh nice it snapped in well now they kind of were always there yeah they kind of slipped over and okay and uh, you know the little leather i remember those yes yeah. Well, and they wrapped around your ears so that when you were in sports situations, yeah. they wouldn't fall off because exactly. they were secured. Yeah, so if you were just, you know, driving, you might have your straight or bent right. ear pieces on. the boat. Yeah, but if you were going out in the woods, yeah, or out in the boat, yeah, you'd want to put on your hook oh, ear yes. things. More secure. I wonder what those are called. Uh, what, ear- the, the glasses or no, the actual they, piece that... Yeah. Uh, I keep saying the ear thing. Right. I think that's the, the thing that goes over your ear. I think that's the technical term. Yeah. Well, so, so anyway, yeah. So we all uh, have some sunglasses stories. Yeah. Huh? Right. All right. So uh, today on Saturday Morning Sales Meeting, we are uh, talking about management styles. Yeah. And the way this came up is that we were just kind of having a casual conversation about, uh, you know, how some managers or leaders are naturally more laid back and approachable and some are more polished and kind of on right you know what i'm saying some stay behind the desk right some some are more active and kind of participate in the activities of uh of their people that they're managing yeah well let's dive into that a little bit you know that's funny it's one of the questions i ask is when doing the interviews that i've been doing uh is uh, think of a manager you really liked and tell me what it was about their management style that you really appreciated. Right. And uh, quite a few times I've heard that the manager that they most appreciated was the one who was not afraid to get in there and do the work. Yeah, get their hands dirty. Yeah, get their hands dirty, you know, take on the task, say, hey, you know, let's go do this and actually do it with them or even show them the right way to do it. And, uh, yeah, that's not a common trait, though. You don't think? I guess it's not. Well, I mean, you know, I guess there, there are kind of two sides to the to that issue. One is they have their own tasks to do, right? right. I mean, uh, so they, they're not just sitting around going, well, hey, let me do your work for you, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've got my stuff to do. You have your stuff to do. Yeah, but you, do, you stay in your lane. You do your job. Right. Bill Belichick, right? right. But, but the other one is uh, kind of the other side of that is even goes back to what we've talked about before, the, you know, uh, show one, do one, teach one, mm-hmm. right? Well, the first step of that for helping somebody uh, create or, or learn a new task, it's step one, them. you got to show them. Yeah, right. The manager has to actually take the time to go, hey, let me, let me let you watch me do this. Well, I think about like closing deals and stuff like that. You know, there's not, uh, that doesn't happen in a lot of dealerships that I've been in. Oh, yeah. You, know, you hire somebody new and you're like, oh, shadow that guy for a little while. Yeah. You know, or there's your desk, there's the keys, there's the car. Oh, yeah. Right? No, I, I, I can't even remember, you know, for the, at the first dealership I worked at. I mean, it, it was so rare to have a manager actually speak to my customer. Yeah, yeah. You you find that? Oh no! Well, I guess you worked with uh, what was that? Gettings, Raleigh Gettings. Gettings yeah. Uh, no, I had. I mean, you know, as I've worked at. Um, I mean, 
literally worked in probably six dealerships here around right. the Chattanooga area. When I first got into the business, I right. bounced around quite a bit, and then I found one I loved and stayed there 10 years. But, um, no, the... I think it's different for, like we've talked about before, different cultures at different dealerships. Um, But I think it's very common for like a manager to say, let me take a T.O., you know, but, but uh, they're, that's where they learn. That's where the salespeople are learning right. by watching a TO. Right. You know, they're not saying, "Okay, hey, it's your first day, your third day. You've got a customer. Let me come out and sit with you and show you how the negotiation goes." Right. That's not happening. No. It's have you gone as far as you can go? Yeah. Okay. okay let now me let come me fix take it. over. Right. The same way they would do for a more seasoned person. Yeah. In in theory, at least. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Or maybe even worse than that, it's uh, oh, you can't close them. Fine, give me the deal. Let me go close. I'll show you how to close them. <laughs> I'm not doing this for every one of your uh, deals, yeah. buddy. You're going to have to learn how to do this. <laughs> so oh, yeah. You're just not a closer. <laughs> and my favorite part about all that is on the way to over to the desk as you're, you're telling the salesperson, now look, don't say a word. Right. I'm going to ask them some questions. You're going to want to jump in and respond. Don't, don't speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you, like, what, what was the one you said where you, you would tell a salesperson, uh, I know what you think about what, what's going on here. Right. I need to find out what they think. Right. I know you think the payment's too high. <laughs> I need to know what they think. Um, so, yeah. but, but then you, I mean, I think it, it's, no one would disagree that a, a an 100% TO policy is a good policy. Amen. Right? How many dealerships have you been in where you've suggested, well, you know, we need to do 100% TO? And, oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, nobody ever disagrees with that. Right. Yeah, they all think it's a great idea they don't do until it. it comes time to do it. <laughs> then they think, I got a million other things yeah, to do. Yeah, busy. But let's talk more about that kind of the style. So we've all had bosses in our lives. Uh, there are those that we admire and those that we... No, not so much. Right. That we tolerated. <laughs> right. Some that we ridicule behind their back. Right. Uh, and thinking back on those and, and the type of manager that I try to be and leader that I try to be is I want my people to feel like they can approach me and talk to me and that, you know, I'm one of them. I came, you know, I started the business from the ground up. You know, I've done it all. Yeah. And I want them to feel comfortable bringing any issue to me. Right. But, you know, on the other hand, I, th- I think you can sometimes be a little bit too down to earth or too approachable. Yeah. You know, you want to retain some air of professionalism and leadership and, you know, y- you don't you want people to follow you. Yeah. Right. And if you're going to have people follow you, you have to lead. Yeah. And if you're one of the guys, you're seen as one of the guys or one of the, you know, oh, he's, he's just, that's just John. Right, right. Yeah, you you don't want that. You want somebody to have a, a earned level of respect, uh, and it's easy to forego that respect if you get too chummy. Right. Yeah, I I, I adhere to that there have way a, of thinking when I'm in that management role. Yeah, there have been a few times when you know employees that get a little too comfortable around you think like you say they they just feel like you're one of the guys. Right. right? And that can lead to other problems, just like B 
being too distant and yes. too elevated on some pedestal, yeah. you know, that leads to issues as well. They feel right. like, well, you don't understand, you know, you're just in your ivory tower. Right. So I think there's got to be some balance there. Yeah. Well, the, the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willick. And, oh, uh, no. Yeah. Another Jocko book. Well, that, that's one of the dichotomies. Really? Right? You've got to be... Uh, you know, friendly with your subordinates, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you have to maintain leadership. So there's a dichotomy there, right? And you know, it's a fine line that you walk. You want to be approachable and feel like, yeah, they feel as though you're in it with them. Yeah. You're not just directing them, but you're you're part of that team. But at the same time, you're still separated by the leadership mantle, and and need to to have that uh, that bit of uh, oversight and respect. I guess you'd say. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, when you come together as a team, a a team needs a leader. Right. Uh, I I think if they understand, we've talked about this before, if your team understands a little bit more about your responsibilities and, you know, the pressures on you, the the expectations out of you in a leadership role, then maybe they're a little bit more likely to... You know, be supportive, to be understanding. Yeah. No. No. They don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that part. It's it's the, do I really want to, well, listen, here, here's all I got on me. Oh, you think you got it hard? Let me tell you. Let me show you what I got to do. Right? Right. Um, I, I think, yes, yeah, some glimpses into, uh, you know, the, I think more so from that perspective of, Hey, this is what I'm handling in the background to allow you the freedom to do what you do, to try to prevent it from falling on you. I'm I'm trying to keep all those balls in the air, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that's a good yeah, leadership quality. I don't quality. have a problem with that. That's a good quality in a leader is, uh, you know, if you're on the team, you're on the team. I'm going to make sure that the, the environment is set up so that you can be successful right. and accomplish all of your goals. And that's my responsibility as a leader to right. make sure you have the tools you need, the training you need, these types of things. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I think a, a, a failure of the subordinate is a failure of the leader. Right. So either I didn't recognize that you were in the wrong position or I didn't spend the, the time and attention to what you were doing in order to help you be the best at what you can be. All right. Well, Ray, do you have any closing thoughts on management style or being engaged or being a buddy? <laughs> yeah, I'm for all of those things. OK, wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. I, yeah, I'm uh, so I think the the key to being a manager is being available, being a resource, and you know, letting your subordinates, people you're managing, know you are invested in their success right. and show it with not just your words but your actions. And that that's that's going to gain people who respect you as a manager and appreciate your style and want to perform for you. And the best way you can do that is by having a lot party. Right. <laughs> Get out there and move some cars around. Like yelling at people. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? Take a car back to detail for them. Oh, you got that one sold? Congratulations. Hey, let me take it to detail for you. <laughs> No, no, you stay here. You get your customer a cup of coffee. I'll run it back there for you. You got a ticket? All right, good deal. Yeah, I don't think we, we're going to do all that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think there, 
it, it has to be a priority. Don't just don't just fall into your management style. Decide what you want it to be yeah. and set yourself, whether tasks or goals, to achieve being the manager that you want to be. And just think about what kind of manager you would like or have liked in the past and try to emulate the best qualities of them. Yep. I agree totally. And I think that having some kind of reporting you know, capabilities, some kind of uh, metrics that you are using to um, kind of keep tabs on the development of your team of your employees yeah and then stay you know use that as a tool to stay engaged yeah uh, you know it can be a point of giving some kudos away hey I noticed that you hit a gross record this month I noticed right. you had a big deal yeah. you know whatever it is or you've missed your number for the third week in a row what's <laughs> I wrong? noticed you have 217 tasks in your CRM what's coming on have I not trained you well enough to make those phone calls right and the answer is no you've never trained me at all <laughs> All right, Ray. Well, let's wrap it up here. I want to thank everyone for joining us for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We do appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us again. like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right, and these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.